Gentlemen, welcome to College Football Weekly. It's week nine. Uh, I'm Will Chambers, Tyler Walji here. Week nine, feeling fine. Week nine, producer Smitty. How's it going, fellas? We're good, man. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, Week eight is in the books. We got the Big Ten. It's back. Week eight, lots of hate. Week nine, feeling fine. Ooh. Week nine... So we're now only one week away from the Pac-12. Oh, thank God. We got the Big Ten back, so it's starting to feel like normal college football again. And uh, we got a good show today. We're going to obviously go over everything that happened in week eight. We got our best bets for week nine. We're going to give all of our... Uh, we're going to pitch our movie scripts to all of the execs at Universal <laughs> and Fox and Sony and all of those. Is Universal the best one? Like, would I you? I think so. It's like Universal, probably like Warner Brothers. Um, those are all like the big ones. There's right? a lot of movies now, like just doing Netflix and like just Apple. You're right, actually. So we, this is our Netflix. Pitch. Okay, good I like call. that. That's and good. Hulu too. Yeah. So we're going to pitch our movie scripts. I feel like if we don't know now, these aren't getting picked up. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think mine's pretty riveting. Shit. Um, we're going to do some trivia. Uh, and then, uh, of course, yeah, we'll wrap up with best bets. Lots of picks, lots of picks. But uh, did week... you guys watch Hubie Halloween? No, I still haven't seen mm, it. All right, is it good? Oh, I love it. That's the new Adam Sandler movie, yes, right? Yes, you guys got to watch it. You know what's funny is that you'll just call me Hubie. Like you, you <laughs> love to give nicknames. You know, we'll call each other like Jimmy and Jimmer and Alfred. And so for you to to always call me Hubie, and then a movie to come <laughs> out that's called Hubie Halloween, it's it's like tailor made for you. Uh, I know. It's yeah, it's good it's, it's usually Jimmy for me, but lately it's been Big Al for some yeah, reason. Yeah, Big Al. <laughs> okay, I get Jimmy all the time. I think he calls everyone Jimmy. It's like ubiquitous. It's like a Big Al. It's like Marquardt or Squanch. Have you ever seen that? The Big Al. No, I it's don't think so. It's so funny. What everyone, is that from? Everyone at home, look it up. It's from Little League World Series like five or ten years ago. <laughs> and you know how all the kids do their intros? They go, hi, I'm Timmy, and my favorite movie's Toy Story or whatever, right? Uh-huh. This kid gets up, and he's a, he's a big boy. He's a chunky right? boy. And he goes, hey, my name's Big Al, and I hit dingers. <laughs> <laughs> I like your voice. That's good. That sounds it does just like sound him. like a chunk boy, <laughs> yeah. you know? Every Little League team had that guy, though, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. The dude that was just like, yeah, I, hit, I hit bombs. <laughs> I was that guy. You were that guy? You want to know who I was? So no, we never played on, you know, I think we might have played on, like, a basketball team in, like, elementary school, maybe. Maybe. Together, but, uh, and so I only played baseball for a couple of years. I played all, you know, pretty much all the sports when I was really young. I played soccer and basketball and baseball, but baseball I hated the most. It was the only sport that I couldn't like just kind of naturally play. I just I was bad at everything. They tried me in the outfield. They tried me at one of the bases. They tried me at pitching, and I was just bad at literally everything. And my little league team used to give out these things. They were like these little stars that you would clip onto your hat. Do you remember those? They're like uh, these, yeah, yeah, like little, on the bill of the hat. Yeah, or like or you could put them like on like the actual you know one of the front panels, and so you would get these little metal stars. For like, if you hit, you know, if you got a run or an RBI or a sweet play or something, and everyone on the team, like their hats would just be covered, right? Like some guys would would have them up all the lines between the panels. Yeah, they're like helmet stickers. Exactly. And I had three by the end of the season. <laughs> like, like literally the whole team was just loaded with with them, and I had three. And I was the wor- I was dead last in the batting order. Uh, I was just so bad at baseball. That's always. one of the demoralizing things about being on a team that does helmet stickers is if you're not producing, yeah. 
It's like oh, it's rough. It's it's very apparent. To and everyone. I w- I would guess that those three were. Pro- I don't remember. They were probably pretty generous from the coaches. They were probably just like, we got to get Will a couple stars. <laughs> those are what we like to call participation stars. Yeah, man. No shit. I did get a trophy at the end of the year. So, but yeah. So, anyways, week eight is in the books, and we should probably start with the bet board. Bet board. Uh, Will's on fire. Two and zero. Oh, I'm back, baby. He's I back. I was down three nothing to start the year. Yep. I'm now up four three. Tyler is very calm and cool with this. He's not very. upset at all. I was upset after the uh, Oklahoma State game. Right. I, w- I was pretty pissed because the referees. But you know yeah. what? We don't complain about referees on here, Will. No, we, we don't. take the losses and we move on forward. Then I mean, yeah, you don't complain about the referees. It definitely did help with the backdoor cover. But uh, you can't complain about getting backdoored. You know. Uh, what's Whoa! That, what's that? Uh, the South Park episode where with the raunchy porn, it's called Backdoor Sluts Nine. <laughs> yeah. That's what Saturday was for for a lot of these bets. It was a lot of backdoor action, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was very lucky to get Iowa State. You know, it was just that half point. They were plus three and a half in right. losing. Well, look, twenty four twenty one. I always try and be really upfront with the way the bets go. I feel like it's fair to us and the audience because if you just take credit for wins and me too, right? I've done this the whole season long. That's not doing a good service to the picks. And uh, the Clemson game, I came in. You were on the right side. The Ohio State game on the, this week, you were on the right side. Yep. I feel, though, that if they play that game 10 times, Oklahoma State's still the right side to take. Yeah, and I, the, right. the only reason I was frustrated, and actually, I was going to clip when I was feeling much more jaded on Saturday, I was going to clip an audio of the announcers because they were just like me. By the end of that drive, I'm just laughing because because right, the refs were so there bad. were so there were three bad calls in a row. The first one they go that's a horrible call. The second one was the the catch which was maybe out of bounds, maybe not. And then the third right. was the defensive holding. I've never seen a worse defensive holding call in my life. Yeah, the the receiver it was bad. he runs like right into the safety, and they called defensive holding. But it was you know bad. what? Like I said, the, it's not the back door because you got to keep in mind you have to factor the back door when you're betting, and yeah, there's a reason they sure. play sixty minutes, not fifty six minutes. So. Uh well, sixty yeah yeah it's sixty there minutes. we go yeah My four math. fifteen yeah. minute yeah and it's not fifty six minutes so you know it's okay we'll move forward but I've been saying this when Will heats up you got to watch out man I had a good week he knows I, went, what he's I doing. went six and two I'm now uh I'm now one game over five hundred with my picks on the year finally so it was a good weekend uh and yeah the Ohio State one uh that was a winner Ohio State just came out well, looking hold on. dominant hold on before you move on from Oklahoma State yeah it was a loss for me on the bet board but my national champs That's are still a very in the good mix. point very good point yeah they're in the driver's seat for the big 12 at this yeah, point yeah and uh, it'll be interesting to see I'm really looking forward to that Oklahoma game coming up uh because Oklahoma has had their number as of late uh Texas Oklahoma Oklahoma State I mean the uh oh the uh, oh Bedlam. yes okay I thought you meant this weekend coming no up. no no yeah um, they've yeah. got some tough games coming up for sure for sure but yeah. I mean they're in the driver's seat and we might see I think we could definitely still see Iowa State versus Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship game Ooh. as a rematch um, I'd be super interested in that because they did have you know uh they definitely got outplayed but they were they had a lot of like big drop passes and stuff too and I you know I felt like when I was watching that game like. Oklahoma State, but there were but on both sides. Oklahoma State had two missed field goals. Yep, they yep. had turnovers in the red zone, and so you know you could do it's that with point. all these games. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, Ohio State came out, dominated Nebraska, fifty-two seventeen. They got the cover. They kept the uh, just like I expected. He, you know, Brian Day kept his starters out there basically the whole time. And he even caught some shit afterwards for not. He apologized. Kneeling. Yeah, <laughs> which is stupid. Like I get it. I know. I, like it, maybe it's not sportsmanlike, you know, to. Uh, to uh to not kneel at the end there but it's like 
you know, he's got his eyes on a national championship legitimately, and he's only got so many game reps in the shortened season. I really don't blame him at all. I almost think it was like a sneaky good move uh, because here's the thing. By apologizing at the end of the game, he sort of acts like they couldn't help but oh, score. We're yeah. so good. Did you hear the excuse he gave? Yeah, he said like, we didn't have the personnel to do a cute quarterback <laughs> kneel. It's like, really? The guy whoever's out there can't snap it and kneel? Well, you, you just you just said yourself, Tyler, that you play sixty minutes, right? Yeah, exactly. If you can't defend for sixty minutes, yeah, for real, that's your own problem. That, that's my thing, man. And look, it's college football; it's where it's built into the sport. Yep. Margin matters, you know. And that's a nice little sports betting tip for everyone out there. If you're betting the NFL and you see a really big spread, look, look at the New York Jets this weekend. They were plus thirteen against Buffalo. Yep. Uh, they they covered right, and a lot of people go. Oh, they it's almost the Jets. won exactly, and they go. It's the Jets. I always fade the Jets. It's like thirteen is a big number in the NFL. Yeah. You almost accidentally gain margin in the NFL. College, it's part of the whole thing. Yeah, so thirteen's get, not that big. <laughs> when you get those big yeah. spreads, exactly, you can take them. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I just think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see a lot of the premier teams not resting their starters late because, at, like you said, style points are going to matter more than ever with this shortened season. We don't know what's going to happen with. You know, guys having to go out or games being canceled. It's going to be the may, probably the most contentious and exciting like final playoff rankings whenever they come out. You know, there's going to be at least one or two teams that just feels like they got totally screwed over. That's what I get for fucking betting on Nebraska. <laughs> that is what you get. You guys know what? That's the, what you get. You guys know what the N on Nebraska's helmet stands for? Knowledge, right? Isn't that what it is? No, it stands for Nebraska. You idiot. Oh, okay. What did, did I thought you were trying to start with an Thought N? you were trying to roast the uh, the Huskers there. <laughs> <laughs> That gets a hard boo for me, yeah, dude. Classic. Yeah. classic I, 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 joke. I was trying to, but no, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. I, I stole your punchline. You line, totally took it away. I took your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, you know teams leaving their starters in Clemson, it's funny because Dabo after the game he got kind of into it with the reporters. So so Clemson beat Syracuse forty seven twenty one, but the spread in this game was like forty six points, and you know Syracuse is really bad. And at one point Syracuse was only down like six points, I think, in the third quarter. And Clemson turned it on late and ended up winning, you know, by 26. And the reporters after the game are asking Dabo, like, you know, why did you guys come out so bad at the start, like low energy? And Dabo, I, I kind of understand, you know, his beef. He was basically like, am I at the right press conference? Like, did we not just win by 26 <laughs> points? Right. But it's also like, hey, we expect a lot out of Clemson. You guys just beat Georgia Tech by 70 points. So, you know, maybe... Maybe we're allowed to ask you what's wrong with your team when Syracuse had you within six points, and Syracuse is like maybe the worst team in the ACC this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, he's a victim of his own success. That's what happens <laughs> right. when you just keep beating the hell out of teams when yep. you don't do it. But Clemson's usually good for one or two of those every year. It doesn't surprise me. They're going to be just fine. Yep. Uh, Alabama, man, really sucks for Jalen Waddle. Um, Jalen Waddle, their, their star receiver, very first play of the game mm -hmm. on the kickoff, he uh, gets tackled, his ankle's broken. He's done for the year. Yeah, that's really a shame for him. Uh, you got to feel for that kid. But they don't even miss a beat. I mean, that Mechie dude came in to fill in for him. They still have Devonte Smith, and Mac Jones still was able to throw for almost 400 yards. They cover and blow out Tennessee there, 48-17. Okay, but that's against Tennessee. I think you're going to yeah. see, you know, Waddle missing later in the year when some of these bigger matchups come up. Yeah. And we always talk about how, how much players are worth. I think he's worth like an entire point, which, by the way, it's a for lot sure. for a receiver in college football. Oh, he's great, man. He's that's I mean, that's going to be devastating. They can use him in so many ways. Look at the, yeah. uh, the, the Georgia game. I mean, they put him all over the field, and he kept getting open no matter what. So I think that's going to be a bigger injury 
during some of these later games during uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Year after year, do you guys feel like Tennessee just continues to disappoint? Yeah. And underachieve, we, yeah. We, we, we think that they're going to be – I think it was one of your guys' picks to win the SEC was Tennessee. I, I could be wrong about that. I but, don't think I but, – but, maybe but, it's a sleeper. Maybe. But every single year, we think they're going to be so dominant and good, and they just underperform. And I wonder why that is, because they've gone through their coaches. They always seem to get good players. I think Tennessee also – I think they have one of the best stadiums in college football. I love their sure. end zones. I love their jerseys. It should be fairly simple to recruit to, to Tennessee. And I don't know why yeah. they keep doing this. Well, they are recruiting better with uh, with their yeah, new but, head but coach. But Ryan's point is, you know, we're not seeing it. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's not there on the field yet. They need a quarterback is what they need. Garantano is really bad. Uh, he's been struggling for them the last couple of weeks. But they're just kind of another example of a premier program that was so dominant, you know, in the past that fall falls on hard times and can't get you know can't get out of their own way and figure out how to get back on top just like Texas uh, just like what Nebraska is doing right now you could maybe say that about Southern Cal since Pete Carroll left you know Michigan was like that for a while um, and so it takes a lot to you know I think when you have a program like that like Tennessee is that they have expectations and even when you know like Philip Fulmer he was like the legend there and he had won a national championship. And he was winning like nine and ten games a year, but that wasn't enough for them. So they forced him out. And look what's happened since then. I mean, how many times have we seen that? We saw it with at Michigan with Lloyd Carr. You know, he had a bad year, lost to Appalachian State. They want to bring in the new flashy name and Rich Rodriguez. And then Michigan basically sucks for ten straight years after that. Uh, Nebraska man, Bo Pelini, he won like nine games every year in the Big Ten when he was there. And they, and they couldn't win the big one. They get rid of him, and look at how shitty it's been ever since then. Like you just got to oh, be yeah, careful yeah. what you wish for. I mean, we went. I mean, both Tyler and I are big CU fans. Yeah, Gary, Gary Barnett to Dan Hawkins. Exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, like you, if you're a team that you know wants to get over that hump, and I'm not saying that you have to keep the guy that can't win the big game because that's just a, you know I don't know how you balance that because if a coach just proves like oh I can win I can beat all the lesser teams but I can't win the big one. You know, eventually you kind of do have to pull the plug. It's just a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. That's why for a long time, and look, I'm still not convinced, and I know that this is going to be, this is not a hot take, okay? I promise. I'm still not convinced that Les Miles being fired at LSU was the right move. I right. know his See, offense was another example. I know that he couldn't, again, win the big game, but Ed Orgeron, look what he's done this year, right? He loses Joe Brady. He loses uh, the new, the... Uh, Dave Aranda, the yes, defensive yeah, coordinator. Aranda, yeah, yep. who's now at uh, Baylor. He's Baylor, thank Baylor. you. I'm still not convinced that, he, that without Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, right. Aranda, that he can win. So, you know, this happens a lot in college football, and I think that fans got to understand, and AD's got to understand, when you are winning nine or ten games a year, you're just a tweak away from being a national championship right. contender. you got to keep that. Right. Well, that's how I feel. I mean, how many – like I know – as a Michigan fan, I see all the time Michigan fans, every time they lose to Ohio State, they're like, we got to fire Harbaugh. And it's like, do you not remember what it was like with Brady Hoke and I Rich know. Rodriguez? Because I do. And I'm not saying that I'm happy with, with Jim Harbaugh's results against Ohio State. But like, he's basically, he's put them in a position where they've been able to do everything that he wants to except for that. Like they started out, first they had to get over Michigan State and now he's completely dominated them. Uh, he's done really well against Penn State. You know, they played Notre Dame and he figured that out. You know, he's got the, obviously he knows the score. No one wants to beat Ohio State more than Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, he hasn't done it yet. And I don't know if he will. I mean, who knows? Ohio State's like one of the three best teams in the country. It's a lot to ask. I think it doesn't help, though, that the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry often gets compared to Auburn-Alabama. 
And yeah. look at Auburn. They win every three years or so. It's true. You know? And yeah. so they've Michigan, been able to do it. And that's even, you know, Auburn can have a seven and five year, but as long as they beat Alabama, which they do, like I said, every couple of years, everything's yep. fine. So yeah, they did it last year. Exactly. And so it's not like it's all these great Auburn teams. And so I think that doesn't help as Michigan right. fans kind of look at that rivalry and say, look, they can beat Alabama every once in a while. We should be able to beat Ohio State. Yeah, it's true. And but also... Harbaugh was close a couple times, but well, still, That's what yeah. I was going to say. Michigan's been so close. They've not, had not some the last painful two years, but losses, though. Not the last rivalry. two years, but before that, you know, Harbaugh's first well, three years there, he had two really close ones. Are we going to get to Michigan next? I mean, we, can, we might as well we bring should. it up. So, it's so How funny. How are you feeling about this, Will? So, well, it's funny because I, you know, I went six and two of my picks, and whenever I try to label one as the best bet, it feels like my others all win and the best <laughs> bet loses. My best bet was Minnesota, and yeah, and I'm, I'm feeling great about Michigan right now. I don't know. I do think this is probably a little bit more about Minnesota being worse than I thought they would be, and Michigan, yeah, they did look good. Um, I'm excited about Joe Milton, the new quarterback. The defense was flying around. The defensive line looks awesome. You know, for four new starters on the offensive line, they looked really good. They were able to run the ball. Um, but I'm starting to think the secret. So I saw this stat. I think maybe this is actually the real decider for why Michigan won this game. Cause we had talked about in the cap last week, uh, Michigan being, uh, basically terrible, having like one of the worst records against top 25 teams on the road. They were like one and 20 or something like that. And Harbaugh, his record before this game was one and seven on the road versus top twenty-five teams. In all of those games, he wore khaki pants. Harbaugh, of course, was was always a coach wearing khaki for the for the first five years at Michigan. He wore khakis for every game, right? He, he didn't wear khakis this game. He didn't wear cleats. He usually wears khakis and cleats. He had some like dark blue slacks. He didn't have cleats, and Michigan wins. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Wow, I think you're on to something there. <laughs> I think that the the pants make the man, you know? I mean, I I, I don't know. Like like, like <laughs> what what so what did he wear? He just wore like some some, you know, some dark blue slacks. Don't you think that's actually a big deal though? I mean, I like yeah, a bigger it, deal than like Clearly it's what it's what made them win. <laughs> Where was the crease? Uh, <laughs> they, I don't think they were creased. They were more oh, like... Um, okay, now I think you're on to something. Here's what I'm wondering, though. It, it was a cold weather game. It was really cold there. I'm wondering if he like had khakis on underneath and he just wore like some an extra <laughs> pair of pants. But he did switch out of the cleats. He, he just had like normal shoes. Whereas like, it's first of all, it's so fucking crazy for a coach to wear cleats in the sidelines. But Harbaugh is just like a hardo and wants to, <laughs> wants to feel like he's in the game, I think. And so, I mean, look, I, I mean, obviously, I'm kidding, but it is well, kind of sort of not. Maybe, like, maybe Harbaugh's a new switched, man. Yeah, if he's switched everything up and he's always gone khakis and he's changing it up this year, you yeah. never know. They looked really good. They did. Well, you talked about you know the Ohio State thing. Maybe you know being a baseball player, superstition, I'm huge on superstition. I am too. I put my left sock on before my right. There you go. There's a reason. Yep. Hot I'm just take. saying. Can I give a hot take? Yeah. Michigan take. National Championship. <laughs> that is a very <laughs> hot take. That is that is Max Kellerman hot right there. That is that is lightning hot. It but was, it was a big game. I though. hope that you're right. Yeah, look, I think they might, you know, we'll see what happens with Penn State. Obviously they struggled against Indiana and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um I think that Michigan maybe is the second best team in the Big Ten right now. It's possible. Because yeah. now I look at their schedule, I look at that Penn State game as being much more winnable at home. The Wisconsin game being more winnable. Um, you know, there's a good chance now if Michigan continues with this trajectory, if Joe Milton continues to play with, you know, command of the offense like he did, uh, 
you know, they could be undefeated when they when they end up playing Ohio State. It looked good. I know yeah. that much. Well, I, it was good for me. I do have one more hot take. Yeah. This is non-football related. Okay. But it's kind of football related because I was eating these when I was watching football this weekend. Okay. I think that Sour Patch needs to get rid of the orange flavor. Sour Patch Kids, you Sour mean? Sour Patch Kids. Or, like, I guess they have other stuff yeah. that aren't just the kids. Yeah. But the, the traditional one. Orange is wasted. Every other flavor in there is like elite. And then you get to orange, almost just toss the oranges to the side i mean i guess yeah i guess you're like i feel like not that's a big kind orange of, fan i'm not big on the orange of other like orange starburst aren't great i mean they're okay they're i don't know so if you average. have to toss they're them like, now get rid of them here's, here's my rebuttal to that okay get rid of the original sour patch completely Ooh. and bring back the berries the, the berries? berries what are you talking you've about? never had sour patch berries uh-uh. oh oh i'm gonna google they're this right so now. good and sour i can't find them berries. anymore so these are were these the originals no, so 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 they have the originals. They have the watermelon slices, which I'm sure you've seen. Oh, let's see the watermelons are classic. They've got you can find them on Amazon, twenty nine dollars. Order them, put it on the company Sour card. Sour Patch Berries candy. It's like a purplish kind of bag. They're so good. Oh, it's Sour Patch. Yeah, berries, soft and chewy candy. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I had no idea. You so kn- Ryan just wants to scrap the originals altogether. <laughs> exactly. Just get rid of them. Well, I like original, the, the original Sour Patch original. Kids. The original flavors are trash. No, you get lemon, the lime, blue, blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. Yeah, oh, cherry. Blue yes. ras- if I can yes. get a bag of Sour here's Patch what, blue raspberry alone, <laughs> here's what you that's do, the though. only flavor I take. Here's what you do, Tyler. <laughs> See, this is what I always do if you have like one candy where you don't like the flavor of one, is you got to make sure you always eat an orange with a lemon at the same time, and it kind Ooh, of like, it up. then complements it, you know? Okay. And then you save the really good ones for eating by themselves. That, you know? that, that's that's real uh, elite level stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a genius. It's elite level eating right there. Where is the show gone? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. People love to talk about candy. This is good shit. Um, no, yeah, so Michigan got the win. That was awesome. Big thing that came out, you know, ended up uh, coming out just before kickoff was Minnesota. They think they didn't announce, but people suspect because of COVID, you know, players having to sit out. They were without their right tackle, right guard, their kicker, and their punter. So, like, they, they ended up trying to fake a punt because their punter couldn't, you know. The first punt was, like, one of the worst I've ever seen because they didn't have a punter. And so this is the kind of shit that is scary is for these COVID cancellations. And now we should bring up Graham Mertz with Wisconsin. Wisconsin came out and dominated Illinois. Graham Mertz, he's the highest-rated uh, quarterback recruit they've ever had at the school. He's a five-star kid. He came out, was lights out. I think he only had one incompletion, and he had five touchdowns. And then on Sunday, it turns out he tested positive for COVID. And according to the Big Ten rules, if if a player is positive and has it, they have to sit out for 21 days. And 21 days. So that would mean he would miss the next three games, which includes the Michigan game. By the way, it's like uh, Nebraska, Purdue, and then Michigan. But here's the the caveat: is that uh, we've now heard. uh, So Paul Christ, the head coach for Wisconsin, he came out and said, we've had a ton of false positives already because the way they're doing it in the Big Ten is doing this daily antigen testing. And so if you get a positive, then they do like the more hardcore test and they wait on that results to see if it is in fact a true positive or a false positive. They're still waiting on those, you know, because those results take a few days. We may find out, you know, we're, we're recording this Monday evening. Uh, we may find out later tonight or tomorrow if he is, if he, if it is in fact a true positive test or a false positive test has huge implications obviously for the betting spread the, the line has already moved you know almost three points with him being out that's crazy and if and yeah i mean this is when you wonder about these big 10 rules if uh uh sorry layla jones doing some funny stuff um <laughs> if uh 
if if this 21 day rule is going to come back to bite i mean think about what happens to ohio state if justin fields were to test positive you know it could be i mean we're talking about an eight game season you have to miss three games that's almost half the season that's crazy it is crazy yeah and uh they got nebraska this weekend yeah nebraska uh and then and then purdue after that and then the the the, he would have to miss the michigan game if he is positive wow that's that's so stay tuned that's obviously going to be huge news later this week after we record for sure and i mean it seems like i get it they want to you know the big 10 is trying to take every precaution and obviously you gotta you gotta worry about safety of players and making sure you can still play these games but 21 days seems a little excessive because with how we've seen you know some athletes and stuff he could test positive and then four days later test negative and get three negatives in a row and they sounds like they still wouldn't let him back right. back on the field so that's a big loss wow for them. that's that's big because he looked awesome i mean graham mertz looked he was on fire for wisconsin it's interesting to watch because we're so used to watching wisconsin just be the same old wisconsin where they just run the ball play tough defense and they have some kind of game manager at quarterback and now for them to actually have a guy this five-star guy who could really turn stuff on you know it's it was really intriguing so let's let's hope it's just a false positive for for his sake and for you know all the Badger fans out there, that's a tough one. Yeah, no kidding. And like we said, uh, the line's going to be all over the place. So stay tuned later. Well, we're you, breaking down that game. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But check it out later this week for yourselves so you for can sure. uh, get the final word. Uh, also in the Big Ten, so the Indiana-Penn State game was, was, had to have been the craziest game of the whole weekend. So Indiana came out, got to an early lead. They were up 17-7 for like basically three quarters of the game. And then finally Penn State, they scored on like the last play of the third quarter, I believe. And they started to cut it close. They end up getting the lead. They're up one, and they get the ball. And this was it was so funny because Penn State has the ball and they're driving. I think they're at like the the ten or eleven yard line. There's like maybe just under two minutes left, and they're up one. And Indiana decide Indiana only has one timeout, so they can't stop them. So they know their best bet right now is to let Penn State score. So Penn State runs up the middle. The two inside linebackers just head for the sidelines, and they let him score. And this Penn State player, according to James Franklin after the set, he said, we practiced this this week in, in game prep. That seems like bullshit. I don't know why you would prepare for that for one game, like specifically. We think they're going to let us score. But anyway, he says that they knew in that situation that he was supposed to you know, basically go down at the one. But instead, he goes in for the touchdown. Now they scored the touchdown. They're up eight now. And Indiana now has like a minute and 45 seconds to go down and potentially tie it up. And that's exactly what happened. So Penn State goes up. Indiana goes, drives the field. They get the two-point conversion. They go to overtime. And what I love so much, man, coaches don't do this enough. So in overtime, Penn State scores in the first possession, and Indiana has to match. And Indiana scores, and uh, Tom Allen, the head coach for Indiana, just decides we're going to go for it. We're going to go for the win. I fucking love that. Coaches are such, like, they're, they're so scared to do that all the time. Like, they had nothing to lose. Indiana's got nothing to lose. They haven't beaten Penn State in, like, 20 years. It's, it's, it's just like baseball, and something that, that I agree with you as well is it's like, why do we follow these unwritten rules? Right. Like, I've heard before, like, why don't you just, instead of punting, go for go it, for it on fourth down. Yeah, for sure. Who cares where you are? I agree. You know, and, yeah. and, and it just drives me crazy about, like, the again, these unwritten rules that these coaches follow, and it's like, right. Yeah, what and so I, I get it if Penn State scores and they say, we're not going to go for two. We're going to you know take our chances in the second round of overtime. But if you're the underdog and you know, I mean, the more possessions 
that uh, that you get in overtime, it's going to favor the 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 team that you know that is the favorite. They're that they're a favorite for a reason. So if you're the underdog, like you got nothing to lose. No one's going to shit on Indiana for losing in overtime by going for two. But instead, they go for it, and <laughs> their quarterback Michael Penix he scrambles to the left. No one's open. He goes and runs for the for the pylon, and he dives. And I've never seen one so close in my whole life. The football, I swear, at, at simultaneously, it crossed the goal line, hit the pylon, and hit the out of bounds line all at once. <laughs> he was literally stretching at you know, I mean, he was flat. And there, it's called good on the field. They review it for like five minutes, and there was no way to overturn. It. I mean, you literally couldn't tell. It was one of the closest endings I've ever seen. Indiana gets the win, which I love because I hate. Uh, I hate Penn State, and they, and they cover, which is even better. My favorite and least favorite part of that entire game, did you see the celebration on the sideline for Penn State when they got the pick? No. Oh, no. my God. The worst sideline celebration I've seen since they started. It's so, The pick at the end, like when they thought they had it? No, no I think this was the second quarter or something oh, okay. like that. Uh, Indiana threw a pick. So what they have, and it just rubs it. Oh, like it. a turnover celebration, yeah, you mean? It okay. rubs it in the other team's face. They have a thank you card. And oh, so the, the player gosh. goes over, opens up this giant card that says, like, thank you for the ball or something stupid How like did I that. Miss this? Rubbing it into the other team, their thank you card, and they end up losing. I loved it. Oh, I don't know I mean, how I missed I that. I love that they ended up losing because it's such a stupid celebration. It's that just it, like, yeah, and I, I just can't stand James Franklin. I think he's a good coach, but I just hate the way he, like, speaks. Like, he just sounds like a bullshitter. Like, every time I hear him speak, I think, like, this is a guy that lied on his resume and got the job, and got the job, and is just That's like great. fake it till you make it. Like he's just larping as a as a head football coach when really he's really he's just like a personal trainer or like a like he'd be a great like life coach or motivational speaker because right. he talks like this. And we had a really great week, and these guys are doing so great. It's just like, dude, like I don't know what it is about him. I, I he just annoys the shit out of me. I'm a veterinarian, but I got my degree in Columbia. And there you go, exactly. Yeah, in Columbia. I think uh, the audience liked my my explanation of him last year. I'm not sure if Ryan's heard it yet this year. Uh, James Franklin, the most aerodynamic head coach in college football. Yes. You like that? He definitely takes the loudest showers. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> he is shiny, man. He's really shiny. So, uh, But big game, you know, big game next week or this week now for them. They play Ohio State. So we're going to get into that breakdown, obviously. Uh, lo- a couple of things I wanted to do here before we uh, get to the movie stuff, just in this, this – uh, you know, a couple more games I wanted to cover on the recap. Virginia Tech, you know, one of the two losers we gave out. They lose to Wake Forest. Big upset for sure. Three turnovers. They killed my parlays, and I am officially adding them to my list of fucking dead-to-me teams. So currently the list includes Mississippi State, LSU, Louisville, who, by the way, is 2-0 since I added them. 2-0 against the spread since I added them to the to the dead-to-me list, and now Virginia Tech you're on the list of dead to me. I will not pick you. You're gonna run out of teams to bet on here soon. I was just about to say maybe you're the problem. Will. <laughs> well, I, I hear I, what I'm kind of trying to do is like do a double jinx where I put them on the list and then like Louisville, they're two and zero against the spread since then. That way I can justify jumping back there on them go. again. I like that. And we are breaking down a Louisville game after this, so we'll see. We'll see if I pick them. Uh, and then Auburn. Auburn gets the win because the refs fuck up the ending again. They should have lost to to uh, Arkansas and then against Ole Miss. You know, late in the game, Ole Miss scores and they kick off to Auburn. The ball comes down like the 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 kick returner. Like I don't know what he was thinking. If he just like misjudged it, it bounces in front of him 
And then it clearly touched him. It clearly hit his leg and bounced back into the end zone. But the refs didn't see it. And the Ole Miss players run and fall on. That should be a touchdown. It should be a touchdown Ole Miss right there. They would have won the game. But instead, the refs say, no, it's a fair catch, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they go and review it. And they still come back and say, there's not enough evidence. Like, it clearly hit him. And I saw in a story, Lane Kiffin, uh, before he did his press conference with the media earlier today, but he basically said he was late to his media press conference. And he said, yeah, I just got off the phone with the SEC people. And he's like, I had to do a five-minute yoga session before here so I could be calm at the thing. And he's like, and the SEC won't even let me explain what they – he's like, I literally can't even tell you what they said to me because uh, you know the SEC just wants to keep it all kind of quiet and in-house. But if he would have said it, if he would have said that the SEC probably just said, you know, tough shit, then uh, he'd, be, he'd get fined or whatever. That's really weird. I mean, that's two games that Auburn has where they literally won because the refs fucked it up. Yeah, Auburn is not looking nearly as good as that record. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, and then that's when you often get a good uh, value lines. Yeah. yeah, and good value. A lot of people who bet games, they'll pull up the records and yeah. maybe pull up the ESPN schedule, and then they'll make their bets. So yeah, no doubt. Auburn may be a little overrated right now. And the last one. This oh. is going to be fun for all of us because uh, Rutgers, they get a win, their first Big Ten win since 2017. And they beat Michigan State. Now, yep. Michigan State's head coach, Mel Tucker, enemy of the show. Oh, no kidding. He Total is an enemy. enemy of the show. So he bailed on CU, your guys' teams, fucked you guys over super hard by leaving super late Last in the coaching minute. carousel yes. where you guys had to scramble. Who did you guys even hire? He was like from the Dolphins? Uh, Car- uh, Carl Durrell. Okay. And, but like either way, you, guys didn't, you, you, you had the smallest pool of coaches to pick from because he left so late. And I hate him now because he's the head coach at Michigan State. So it's awesome that Rutgers beat them in East Lansing. That was great. <laughs> like now, I feel like Michigan State is the Rutgers of the Big Ten. I hope they like, don't win a game this season. They're really bad. Oh my! And they were God. thirteen point favorites over Rutgers. Fucking like, Mel like, Tucker, dude, the, one of the worst people on earth. Enemy of the show, dude. So I fuck him. him. And uh, by the way, Michigan plays Michigan State this week, and we're gonna completely destroy them. So Michigan, you guys will are gonna be route Wolverine fans this weekend. Hell yes, because we just want Mel Tucker to suck forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Fuck you, Mel Tucker. God, I hate him, dude. Um, yeah. So that's all I got Relentless. for the for the recap. So now what we're gonna do Um I, I got one more piece oh, of yeah, news. Yeah. Okay. Um so I, I just think that things right now in the Big Twelve are not good. We've talked about this before that the teams at the top of the Big Twelve, Texas and Oklahoma, set the bar for everyone else. Yep. And what we're seeing, it's weird. A lot of decommits this week from Big Twelve schools. Oh really? Yeah, the most notable one, Caleb Johnson, a quarterback out of uh Texas. He officially decommitted this morning. From Texas? Like, where was he committed? No, no, no. He was committed to Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I got the tweet right here eight hours ago. I would like to thank the University of Oklahoma for the opportunity, but I would like to announce my decommitment. My recruitment is back open. I'm seeing this for Texas Tech. Interesting. Oklahoma, TCU, a lot of high school players for some reason. I don't know if it's the parents saying... They're not handling COVID well. I don't know if it's the right. kids watching the games and they just suck this year, but yep. it's not good right now for the Big 12 in terms of recruiting. I wonder, you know, this is a rumor that whenever a kid decommits from Oklahoma, but, you know, maybe this is the first time where it actually is some truth. Maybe Lincoln Riley is, is eyeing one of these NFL coaching positions. Could be. Because um, it doesn't really, like, I, if you're a defensive player and you want to decommit from Oklahoma, I think that makes a ton of sense. If you're a quarterback, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like Lincoln Riley's probably going to make you like a number one pick, right? Or at like the very least, a, a first pick and a Heisman finalist. You know, so I mean, who knows? We can't get inside the the head of some 
you know, high school kid that, that and maybe it's for no reason like that at all. Maybe he just had a phone call with Nick Saban and is like, I want to go to Alabama now. I mean, who knows? Could be, but uh, it's just not a good look. Yeah, that that's definitely a bad so. look. Um, all right, well, we're going to do – so last week we talked about – we did the movie breakdown for – uh, Minority Report. Minority Report, and we which, talked about which. Which me and Ryan were talking about this a few days after the show. <laughs> Do you know what Minority Report got on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's high. A it's like ninety percent. Yeah, it's one of the highest rated movies okay, on there. I'm going. Will has I'm to saying, start relating to the audience a little more. We've already. I, I mean, I'm sure we could find a million uh, examples of movies we love that have shitty. Rotten Tomato, like it's not a bunch of Adam it's not, all, it's not like a definitive rating. You're sure, like maybe I'm in the minority, huh? Of, <laughs> of of guys that don't like that movie, and maybe I was harsh on it. Um, I think that if I had seen it when it came out, that at that moment I would have liked it better. But like I, I said, know. it was just it's like Will is sci-fi movies from that time are not great. So but yeah, yeah, still not. I, a big I would fan. just because I was wondering, I'm like. You know, I wonder what it did get. And it was, yeah, 90% from the tomato meter, 80% from the audience. Okay. It was like percent from the audience. Yes. Okay. Well, most people are stupid. That's that's <laughs> why that's why uh, uh, Big Bang Theory is the most popular show. Oh, Big Bang. No yeah. kidding. Well, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. <laughs> do you think that rating has anything to do with oh, his connection to the church? I like it. I don't know. They made all the churchgoers. <laughs> they say, if you want to get in the church, you got to pay us money and you have to give a really good rating to every Tom Cruise movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. I love it, Ryan. When was the last time it's you watched a Mission Impossible movie? That's true. But they still keep getting made. I mean, the original oh, Mission great. Impossible, awesome. And actually, there is a Tom Cruise movie that I really... There's a couple I really like, so it's not just about hatred for him. Collateral is a dope movie. The Last Samurai, really cool movie. But uh, I just didn't love that one, so very sorry. But we talked about creating our own like movie plot, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so I think we each have one here. Do we each have one that we created? Okay, so I have Tyler's four. Got a, Tyler's got a couple. All right, <laughs> so why don't you start? I want, I want to hear some of yours. Tyler's got I a lot of... Do you guys want to hear... He's full of ideas. Do you guys want me to go from least serious to most serious or most to least? Uh, and not serious, but like the actual like probability that they may get made by Netflix. Let's well, go. I, I only have one, and this is like an hour long show, so just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just go go least serious first. Uh, let's, least let's serious. End with a bang. Least serious. Uh, it's called. I have titles for all these too. It's called Foul Ball, but foul spelled F O W L. Oh, and the birds. plot is Adam Sandler has to coach a team <laughs> of baseball playing ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are ducks fouls or ducks are foul? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah so I like that foul ball. I hope all of these are just Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> or this is a new one I just thought of. Okay, foul play where Adam Sandler frames a duck for a murder. Oh, I yeah. like that. I yeah. like that. Okay, I'm kind of like Awesomeo in in uh, South Park. Okay, so uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, that's how the movie start. But yeah, did you just see a duck and that's where all these came? I don't from? know where that where that <laughs> happened. Uh, my, my, my second one, uh, this is called Fettuccine from Outer Space. Um, <laughs> uh, a new franchisee of Olive Garden starts noticing weird things are happening, and he discovers that every time he walks into the restaurant, he's actually going into an alternate dimension. Ooh, yeah. I like that. And I want Kevin Costner to play the, the owner of the Interesting. Olive okay. Garden. I yeah. like that. Kevin Costner's good. Yeah. Okay. All right, why don't you guys go for a few? Smitty, let's hear yours. All right, so um, my, my movie is, um, so it begins with, sorry, this is going to be a little long-winded. No, 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 <laughs> get, get, get it, dude. But, but stay with me. Um, so there's a little kid, and he loves to explore. And 
he meets a neighborhood girl that's kind of like a tomboy and and wants to be like this. She's the same way that he is. Mm -hmm. And they grow up together. um, They fall in love. They get married. And unfortunately, she passes away. And when he's really old, he decides to honor her memory to go to the place that they've always wanted to go together. So he straps a bunch of balloons to his house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what's funny? I've actually never seen up, but really? uh, but the second you said that, I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I was what I, I, I do. Like, I, I wait knew, a minute! I knew the balloons were going to give it away, yeah. but I wanted to see how long I could go. Well, I was like, "Wow, this is really yeah, thought right? out, and this like this plot line is so deep." Can I say something about the movie Up? Sure. Up is the single most cheap goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen any movie use more cheap, fake fucking tools to get you hooked by crying. Everyone who has a heart is crying. You're like just sad because they made you cry. Five or ten minutes into Up, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is why everyone... And then, and then it's over, and everyone goes... Oh my God, Up's the most inspirational movie of all time. <laughs> Up is so great. I'm like, why? Because they made you cry for 10 minutes and it was a normal Disney movie about hunting for some bird for an hour and a half. No, Up is the <laughs> cheapest movie I've ever seen in my life. So goddamn so cheap. So that's cheap, but eyeballs rolling down into a drain and Minority Report's not too no, cheap. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. And actually, by the way, when I uh, had my show on radio, we got calls occasionally sometimes. No one really would call in consistently. I never got more calls on the radio show than when I said Up was a bad movie. <laughs> People were like pissed. People were calling and go, how could you say Up's a bad movie? I'm just like, oh my God. I'd said it's cheap because they make you cry out of nothing in the beginning. But Will, uh, I, I, I don't recommend it. Okay. Well, sorry I had to do that. To no, you. that's okay. I love it. <laughs> I was like, you wait. had me going, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. You totally had me going. All right, well, I'll give you mine, and then you I, can wrap up with your serious ones. Okay. okay. This one is called Point Correction, okay? Ooh. So, a detective is investigating the murder of a young man. His name is Wiley. His roommate is the prime suspect, as they had a contentious relationship as of late, and they were in a fantasy football league together. And the detective, he speaks to the fantasy league manager. He wants to get some information on these guys. Uh, this guy's name is Tom and, uh, Tom agrees that the roommate is likely the suspect. He, you know, he tells him to go dig into that more. Uh, but then the detective, he starts investigating more into this fantasy football league and he sees that the victim Wiley just lost one week to the league manager, Tom. And he's like, huh? Well, it feels like Wiley's team is better. So why did he lose to Tom? And, uh, he looks into it and it turns out there were these things that the fantasy league and the fantasy company does that are called point corrections. <laughs> <laughs> and after some investigating, he gets his tech team on it. He finds out that the league manager was manipulating the points in order to secure a victory. Uh, Wiley discovered it, and the league manager, Tom, murdered him. Do you want to know why all this happened? <laughs> me and so, for those who don't know, the three of us actually, me, Will, and Ryan, are in a fantasy football league together. I played Will last week, and after ESPN did their stat corrections, I went from having a loss to a win. That's where all this is coming from. And by the way, Will, you can go online and see I when know, points I have been know. adjusted on that. I know. Well, you know, yeah, no, I know that. Wiley and I Tom. was so mad when my win turned into a loss because I love my team, and it was so defeating. And I was like, he's got to be doing something wrong here. Tyler's cheating me. So, oh, that's hysterical. point correction. Clearly, Check only one of us took this whole segment seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's hear Tyler's wait, other one. Who would play Wiley and who would play Tom? 
I would be Wiley and you'd be Tom. <laughs> no, Obviously. Will, no. Tyler, Wiley, Tom. I want... <laughs> I want... Uh, All right, so Wiley would be uh, like Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. He would clearly play me. That's we, pretty we good. We bear a resemblance. And then you could be like Bruce Valanche. So I want to be Tyler could, Perry. <laughs> Tyler Perry? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Tyler Perry plays Tom. Yeah. And then the roommate, who can be like Smitty, he'd be played by uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. You I handsome, like that. You handsome <laughs> devil, you. Wow, that's generous. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Going out on a limb. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's hysteric. All right, give us your other ones. These are the serious ones that uh, that you're thinking yeah. actually might get picked up by the Netflix execs that are definitely listening. Yeah, I have uh, two left here. All right, so the first one, well, all right, so actually, I kind of got into a whole alternate dimension type of thing. Yeah, that sort of... The multiverse. Yeah, the multiverse. Uh, all right, so this one is called Third in 1975. Okay. Third in 1975. Yeah. I already so, hate the name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, this is actually my, my my least good name. Okay. Um, Ryan, are you looking for a little plug? You can find one right here on the table. One of that uh, little... Uh, I've got one. Plugged in. See, it's right there on the jack. Here, just take this. All right. Um, so, a failing college football coach. Ooh, love it. Stumbles. All right. So, failing college football coach. His job's on the line. He has a big game that he needs to win. And Tom he, Herman. Tom Herman. It's yes. Tom Herman. And he needs to. And he needs to win this game, and he loses. Okay. So he goes back into his office, and he's kind of having like, a, you know, he thinks he's about to be fired. He, it's it's his lowest point in the movie. It's definitely Tom Herman. And he stumble. He he opens his uh, closet in the back of the room. Okay. And I don't know whether he's seen it before or something. It's, it's some details we can work out. Okay. But he goes and he realizes that in the back of the closet, it's like a time portal. Ooh. And so he walks through Tom Herman, who we've now made Tom this Tom Herman. He walks through the time portal and Mr. he goes Thomas. into 1975. Ooh. And, and he's now- Texas is good. And he's stuck with <laughs> a, with a, with a, what do I do? Does he go back in time to his job where he's about to be fired and all that? Yeah. Or- does he stay back in 1975 and use all these updated run the spread spread offense oh, concepts to win? I love it. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, I love it. However, yeah. I would I would posit that even in 1975, with advanced knowledge, Tom Herman would still find a way <laughs> to, to lose at Texas. That, that's pretty good, though, right? Yes. Goes I, no, I actually really love goes it. Goes into the closet yeah. and he uses new concepts to win. Yep. All right. Now the last one, I feel like this is like this may be a Twilight episode, so. I want to give a little asterisk in case it is, because I don't, th I don't think it is. Maybe it's from something. So, in case it is, sorry everyone out there, we're not trying to steal your idea. <laughs> um, it's called, well, I don't know, the New Planet is what I have. Now, this okay. is like my only serious one. Okay. All right. So there's like a team of people. You know how like uh, Elon Musk and a bunch of people right now they're trying to figure out if we can live on Mars, all that. Yeah. A team that like the Elon Musk type puts together. Now, there's like 50 to 100 people, okay? Mm -hmm. They all go and search for a planet that's very similar to the planet they're on, that's it, it, inhabitable, right? Mm -hmm. And it, uh, they, they, so they land on one that has water, um, it's got land, it's a good temperature, it has life, foliage, things like that. Yep. So what they decide to do is like communicate back to Earth, right, to, to where they're from, and say... Hey, uh, Found the spot. No. They're going to lie about it. Oh. And they say, we couldn't find anything. Our spaceship has crashed. It's it's not, we have no chance of coming back. And so they lie, right? But their plan is to restart a new civilization here with no war and oh. make it kind of a utopia. 
and and kind of like make it their own own planet, repopulate uh-huh. things like that. Yeah. But there's a twist. There's an M Night M Night Shyamalan twist. Ooh. At the, end. at the end, they're all aliens. You find out, sort of, that the original <laughs> planet that they were on wasn't Earth, and this is Earth, and this is a story of how oh, we all came to be. Oh, it was all a conspiracy. It was all yeah. interesting. Isn't that kind of good? And almost uh, there were some stuff in there. It kind of reminded me of Interstellar, where they sent out those those individual ones to find it. a planet that has life except it was the opposite it was that he lied and said that he did find life in order to get people to come and save him okay um but yeah that's cool i do yeah. like that i really netflix. think i really think that you um found out how we all came to be netflix <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's how we got to earth it all wraps back to scientology okay um so and uh, I think you're right, Ryan. I think I'm the only one who took that seriously this week. No, honestly, it's a cool idea. Absolutely, you did. Um, my my personal favorite has to be either foul ball or fettuccine from outer space. I think <laughs> I think point corrections got some real legs. Um, so we're gonna move on quickly because we don't have a ton of time. You got class? Yes. Okay. So uh, we're gonna do a quick quick little round of trivia. I got just a couple questions for Tyler. I think we got uh, Smitty might have some questions for us too. Um, this is what does Tyler know? We've played this in the past. It'll I'm be scared because I brought again. some real fastballs to Will last time, so I don't know what he's got for me. These aren't like I, I try to uh, like make them kind of like Jeopardy related, where it's not like it, there's kind of clues that makes it kind of easy, but it's not super easy. So uh, I only got two for you here. Okay, can you name five world capitals, not including Washington D.C.? Oh God, five world capitals. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Helsinki. Is Helsinki? Uh, let me look it up. Okay. Um, Capital of Finland. Yes, kay. that counts. That's one. Um, Beijing. Is Beijing? <laughs> well, yes, it is. Okay. Two for two. Out of boy. Beijing. Um, Toronto. No, no, no. That's not. I, I, I. I yeah, uh, Toronto is only a city yeah. in Ontario. Um. I have no idea what the capital of the world capital or the capital of Canada is. To be honest with you. Can I give you one? Yeah. Dubai. 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 That is only a city in the UAE. Dang it. Um, London? London. Foggy London Town is the capital of England. That's okay. three. So I'm three for three. Yep, you can need two more here. Um, is it Melbourne or is it... Uh... Also, they call it Melbourne. I'm going to skip Australia. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can skip. That's fine. You still just need two more. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, Taiwan. It's almost overwhelming. Taiwan is a nation, unless you're China, then they belong to China. It's kind of a contentious thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so be see. careful. We don't want to piss off China. We're very, uh, you know, we're like the NBA. We now want this that may China be money. Mexico City. Yes, Mexico City is the capital of Mexico. So you need one more. One more. If only you knew the capital of Canada, which I don't know. I think... It, all right, we'll go Canada. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Quebec. No. Hmm. Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, for the sake of, of content and time here, we can just... you can. Okay, well, four out of five is not bad. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, nicely done. And lastly, Tyler. Well... Can you tell me what is the base of the food pyramid that we learned when we were kids? Well, this has changed all the time, but I think it's... Uh, when we were kids, what's the base? 
It's like uh, bread, right? It's like the carbs. Indeed, and grains. Breads. Yeah, grains. Grains, that's right. Yeah. Unless you're... Uh, but it's all changed now. Gluten-free, yeah. yeah. Now they would say that that's like sugar because it kind of is. I mean, I don't know. Who even knows? Everything we think is healthy now, we'll find out in 10 years is actually garbage. I'm still trying to think of, of capitals right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's very nicely done. All right, Smitty, what do you got? All right, so my, mine are all Halloween-themed. Oh, I love it. That's right, we, Halloween episode. Since we are in the... Uh, the full moon. The spooky time. The spooky time. Okay, so first one, um, I'll go... Will. Yeah. Let's do this. You, you can do the first one. Okay. All right. In the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas, okay, what is Jack Skellington's dog's name? Mm. God, I haven't seen this in so long. I'm just going to go Bones, just because he would be like a skeleton dog. Well, do you anything? So it's no, then. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not Bones. Uh, Fido. His name's Zero. 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 Yeah. Okay. Zero. I, I All right. Um, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You guys are familiar with that movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who is that character? Who is Leatherface? Leatherface. Sorry. Um, based off of Ed Gein. That a boy. Yeah. Yeah. All like right. That. I study nice him big time. Good nice job. Job. I'm trying to make nice a, a belt made out of nipples like he did. I was just about to ask <laughs> you. Can you give me one <laughs> artifact? <laughs> <laughs> found in his house he's got a he had a, got a, he had a belt, belt made, made of nipples, nipples. <laughs> the nip belt who doesn't want a nipple belt you know except uh, when so, it gets cold outside he starts pissing everyone else <laughs> off around then him. it becomes a studded belt <laughs> he becomes emo all right <laughs> okay third question uh both of you can answer these um who are <clears throat> in the movie hocus pocus who are two of the three witches like what are their real names okay one of them is bet midler and the other one is uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's nice the work. hot one. I don't know the third one. <laughs> Atta boy, there you go. <laughs> That's their actual names? Those are the actresses' names. For yeah. a bonus point, oh, can you get the movie. third witch, Walt? No, I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Who? What? Yeah. Uh, dude, classic Halloween movie. Honestly, really good. Really, really good Halloween good, movie. Really good. And this one's not necessarily trivia, but give me your guys' top three go-to candy for Halloween. Oh yeah, okay. Reese's, so. Butterfinger, and then I'll feel, I'll think about the third. Okay, so yeah, so uh, we're probably operating under the mini candy because most people didn't give out the full bars. I was always a uh, Twix guy. I love Twix. Twix. Um, man, Butterfinger's really good. I would have to say Kit Kat, and then the third it can't be. I'm gonna avoid picking another candy bar. I'm gonna go with. Uh, the mini Twizzlers, the little mini cherry Twizzlers, pretty good. Pretty good. What about sour? Could we go like uh, Sour Patch? Definitely. Yeah, they, they, I love they, Sour Patch. They make, they make fun sides. Sour we go Patch. Sour Patch. Sure. And yeah. also, uh, you know, just off the list, just missed the list, the the one family that would give out like pencils and paper or like a toothbrush. Remember how shitty that would be as a kid? You're just like racing to get as much sugar as they're like, here's some toothpaste. And they're actually the responsible, like healthy people are like concerned for kids' teeth. What's even worse was the pencil topper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like a pumpkin. Here's a pencil topper, kid. It's like, you could have just given me nothing. It's funny because, uh, you know, during COVID, I was actually just talking with a friend about this, about like what's going to happen with trick-or-treating. And my friend was like, oh, you know, you just leave a bowl of candy out on your doorstep and they can come get it and i was like yeah that doesn't work and he was like why and i was like because the first kid that has a brain is just going to dump the whole thing into yeah. his into his bag because that's what you do if you're a smart that's kid. risky yeah the whole like take one like yeah some good kids might do that the second one kid with a brain or the shitty kid whichever you, way you want to put it can i give you my three real quick yes all right so we got reese's 
Solid. Walgie brought up the Butterfinger, which... Butterfinger's good. Uh, Butterfinger's so really good. good. Yeah. But have you ever gotten a hard Butterfinger? Oh, it's it's brutal. It's, it's like brutal, toffee, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go Reese's, Twix, and the underrated one, Nerds. Oh, Nerds. Love Nerds. You uh, guys both win Twix. Just the candy. I don't know about Twix. Twix is awesome, dude. Yeah. Caramel, nougat, chocolate. Freeze them. Free? That's, oh. That's the way to go. Wow. Facts, wow. dude. Next level. Big time facts. Uh, okay. We are moving on to best bets to wrap up the show here. We got some good games. We are going to start with Virginia Tech at Louisville. Both teams on my dead to me, never bet yeah, again list. I hate list. both these teams. Uh, Hokies right now a three-point road favorite going on the road to Louisville. Uh, the Hokies, they beat themselves last week versus Wake Forest. They had three interceptions. By the way, all three of them went to a walk-on freshman defensive back. That guy had the game of his life and is going to get a scholarship out of that one. Some really bad penalties late that extended drives for Wake Forest. They ended up outgaining the Demon Deacons. Uh, I think without the interceptions, Vatek wins, and I think they cover that game. Uh, Louisville, uh, on the other hand, they started the year 1-4 and four, and, of course, burned me on three picks, landing themselves on the dead-to-me list, and only to go 2-0 and oh against the spread the last two weeks in a close loss to Notre Dame. Uh, and then they remind Florida State that they're still Florida State to the tune of a 48-16 to 16 win last week. To the tune. To the tune. Uh, the Hokies' defense still has major problems, though. Uh, the Demon Deacons were able to make a ton of like big explosive plays on offense. Now they have to face a Louisville team that is like hitting their stride offensively. They, they had a ton of big explosive plays last week against Florida State. Virginia Tech uh, offense still really strong, though. They were able to run the ball at a huge clip. Both these teams, they love to run the ball, and neither team's know how to or want to stop the run. Both teams right now are giving up five yards per carry on the season against uh, opposing uh, teams. I think this game comes down to who has the ball last likely. Uh, Could be determined by whoever wins the turnover battle. I think both teams are going to run for 200-plus yards, and both teams are going to score a shit ton of points. Uh, Since I uh, told myself I wouldn't pick either teams, I'm not going to. I'm going to take the over. It's currently 64-and-a-half. Let's go over. Taking the points. Uh, I'm going to go Louisville this game. Uh, what would you say the current line is? Three? Three. Yep. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go Louisville plus a three. I wouldn't mind sprinkling a little bit uh, money line as well. And if you're looking for a teaser option, taking them from three to nine nice. is going to be advantageous. But this game all comes down to the rushing defense of Virginia Tech for me. They've really struggled to stop the run this year, especially with very fast offensive teams. Louisville has proven to be quick on offense. They've got electric guys on the outside. All of their running backs, doesn't matter who's in, when they touch the ball, that they can get to the outside and create some space. So I think Louisville will rush the ball down Virginia Tech's throat, and Louisville is one of my better bets this weekend. Okay, love it. Well, maybe they'll be kinder to you than they were to me. Be uh, nice to me, Louisville. Next game up, maybe the biggest game on the slate this whole week. We got Ohio State going on the road and to Penn lo- State. This line is a moving. It's moving. An open nine and a half. We're now looking at thirteen point road favorite for Ohio State. The Buckeyes look. They look locked in in their first game. Uh, they're on the request to go to the playoff and win a natty. Justin Fields was ridiculous. He went 20 for 21, three total touchdowns, carried the ball 15 times. The Buckeyes defense was very good, but it did give up some yards on the ground. The Huskers had 5.8 yards per carry. Um, Ohio State benefited from a couple fumbles as well. That kind of helped them cover the spread. Penn State looked flat out terrible against Indiana. They basically 
had only scored seven points through three quarters of football, but then you kind of dive deeper into the stats and they do show a little bit of a different story. Penn State lost the game, but they outgained the Hoosiers 488 yards on offense to 211. That's insane. Uh, in a game where Indiana led almost the whole time and you expect them to be running the ball and trying to dominate the clock, Indiana couldn't run the ball on the Penn State front seven. 2.9 yards per carry for the Hoosiers running back Stevie Scott. And after you include sacks, the Indiana team only got 41 yards rushing the whole game. Uh, Penn State had three huge turnovers that really cost them in the game. Their defense did not cost them this game at all. Ohio State is not Indiana, though. And even though Ohio State, uh, their running game wasn't nearly as good as I expected against Nebraska, they no doubt will have more success running the ball than Indiana did on Penn State. I think if Ohio State is going to cover the spread here, they're going to need an epic game from Justin Fields. No reason to doubt he can do that. But we don't yet know about Chris Olave's status. He's their star wide receiver. He got knocked out cold in the game against Nebraska. He took a big hit, fumbled the ball. He was woozy getting up. Likely a concussion. We don't know yet if he's going to be ready, but I don't think he'll be playing. Uh, he is the best receiver, but Ohio State still has a ton of really good receivers. I got Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, But not having Olave doesn't make me feel awesome for picking Ohio State here. James Franklin, head coach for Penn State, he's maybe like the best coach at giving up fourth quarter losses. But you got to give him credit when it comes to playing Ohio State. Uh, really tough. You know, last year it was an 11 point loss, but the three years before that were all decided by five points combined. Uh, I likely won't be able to, you likely won't be able to get Ohio State at a number this low, probably again until they're in the playoffs. So I'm really torn. Um, you know, I want to take Ohio State here just because it's that low of a number. But after. Uh, last week, everyone and their sister is going to be picking Ohio State here. I don't love picking James Franklin, but with this number all the way up to 13, I think there is buyback value on Penn State. If you were on Ohio State early, I love it. You know, I like them as maybe a teaser option, but now with this number up to 13, I hope I don't regret it, but I'm taking Penn State here plus 13. Yeah, I'm going to go Penn State as well. This is uh, going the opposite of what everyone's going to be talking about, and yep. when the narrative and the the... Uh, the uh, the headlines and what you hear on ESPN goes one way and everyone's talking about it. I like to go the other way and it's risky, right? This is a hard bet to make, but yeah. that's what good bets are. Good bets are often very, very hard to make. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Penn State for the reasons you gave, the history here, James Franklin. Last week could have been a bit of a look-ahead spot. I'm not so sure, but I think you throw that out the window. I don't think... The only way I don't take Penn State here is if you think there's going to be any quit in that team. Yeah. I don't see it. You talked about uh, Franklin being a good motivator. I think they show up for this game, and it's at Penn State. So I think that there's uh, a lot of things going for them. Yeah. If you look at the money so far that's come in, $5,900 has been bet so far in this game. And that's not a huge number. We're going to get probably up to 100000 200000 by this weekend. But as we talked about on last week's show, you the limit... 5900 or $59,000? $5,900. Oh, wow. That's it. But the limits are so low. That's how that happens. Remember? I see. The, yeah. the, 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 the early bets, there's only 100 maybe $200 right. maximum. So right. that's why it stays so low. But of the $5,900 that's been bet so far, 5000 of it's on Ohio State. Wow. That's why that rock, that number rocketed up. So yep. we're going to fade what's going on fade so far and take Penn State plus the 13. Love it. I thought you would be on uh, Penn State that game too. Yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't know which would make me feel more stupid picking Ohio State and having it be close because of the recent history or picking Penn State and Ohio State just blows them out. Right. I don't know. You know, it's just a tough one. Um, I don't love picking James Franklin at For any sure. moment. But that's, that's a lot of points. Goes. Yep. Uh, all right, Texas at Oklahoma State. Tyler's Cowboys. Oklahoma State, they finally got Spencer Sanders back. He led the team to victory in what 
Felt like a must-win game. Anytime I think there's going to be a bet, I always like to give Will the stare down. <laughs> uh, the Pokes' defense, it was it's awesome. Uh, really impressive season so far. Allowing a team like Iowa State to only 21 points is huge. The Longhorns kind of got back on track last week against Baylor as well. They're now 3-2. and two. Maybe found their identity on offense as a run-first team. They ran the ball 47 times against Baylor. They weren't super efficient. They only averaged a little more than three yards per carry. But it did kind of open up some play-action passes and take some pressure off of Sam Ellinger to score all the points and get all the yards. Uh, the Cowboys may have held Iowa State to just 21 points, but they gave up 227 rushing yards. Brees Hall, the running back for Iowa State, averaged nine yards per carry. So the Horns may be able to run the ball here. Uh, the Texas defense still very susceptible to the pass, though. Opposing teams are completing more than 60% of their passes so far this season. Could be a really good matchup for Spencer Sanders to kind of get his feet under him again. I think these teams try to run it on the other team, control time of possession, keep the ball away from each other. But I think ultimately Oklahoma State pulls away in the second half, wins, wow. by, wins by double digits. Wow. And Texas is one step closer to firing Tom Herman. I thought That's we were going to have a bet board game. I no. thought we were going to go with Texas. And when I started first looking at this game, I got to tell you, Texas plays Oklahoma State very well, or yep. Oklahoma State plays Texas very well, however you want to put it, because they usually have very good games. Yep. But I think the difference this year is Texas just isn't as good as a lot of us thought they would be. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, is better than most people thought they'd be. They've got a, a dominating line. Yep. They can run the ball when they want to. And you mentioned uh, Spencer Sanders going through the air. That's why I think that your handicap was kind of interesting, because you see both teams running the football, yeah. but Texas struggles with the pass, and Oklahoma State really passes well. So maybe that feeds into your whole second half. They'll pull away. Yeah. But yeah, I like Oklahoma State this game. My pick for the Big 12 champs, keep on rolling. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Wisconsin at Nebraska. Right now, 7.5 point favorite for the Badgers on the road. Opened up 10, and then the news about Graham Mertz testing positive for COVID came out. Is he going to play or not? That seems to be the biggest question mark heading into this game, if it was, in fact, a positive, a true positive test or a false positive. Even if he can't play, we still know how the Badgers want to play this one. They want to run it down your throat. Uh, it's the same old Nebraska, t or excuse me, the same old Wisconsin team that we are used to. This Nebraska defense has an entirely new defensive line from last year. They like to run a lot of three-man fronts. I don't like that for matching up against a team like Wisconsin that you know will line up with two tight ends and a fullback and just try to smash you. Um, the Badgers defense, I think, is a little underrated right now after their performance uh, uh, last week. And you look at uh, you know the performance was all the talk was about the offense. I think that. The defense is eager to prove themselves, and not only that, I think the rest of the offense outside of Graham Mertz is eager to prove that it wasn't just this five-star kid that was great. You know, I think that it'll be easy for Paul Christ to put a chip on these guys' shoulder and say it's not all this five-star kid. You know, this Badger team. You know, we're tough. We can run the ball. They're used to operating without a good quarterback anyway. For you know, for the last decade, how many times have we seen Wisconsin have like a really good quarterback? You know, I think that they're just going to stick to what they do best. They're going to run the ball. If this ends up being just a false positive for Mertz, too, I think the number will jump right back up to 10 where it opened. I think they cover without him. You know, I like him at 7.5. I liked him at 10 with Mertz. So I think that you take Wisconsin now. And, and by the way, I'm looking, it's 7 right now. 7. As okay, we so it's speak, falling. it's gone down to 7. It's falling on even Bovada, more. Bet Online uh, looks like five times is 7. So a lot of the websites that I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, – uh, use yeah it's seven yeah I like it I think that you know I think they cover without him and then if if you jump in on seven right now and it turns out that it was a false positive and Mertz is back then you have three points of built-in value right there so I like the Badgers here okay um 
I'm not going to make this a bet board game because we have no idea what's going to happen at quarterback, and so I don't want to make a, an important bet board game for so much uncertainty. But I'm going to give a little betting, kind of a little tip or maybe a little uh, uh, strategy yeah. that not many people use. Everyone knows about hedging, right? When you think you're on the wrong side, you can hedge off, things like that. This is called middling. And I know you guys probably know about it, but for the audience, for a lot of the audience who doesn't know about it, here's how this goes. You make right now what still seems to be the good bet in Wisconsin minus seven, okay? Now, one of two things will happen. Either Graham Mertz gets ruled out and the line stays like we thought it would be. Because if you bet right now at minus seven, you're pretty much assuming that Graham Mertz won't be coming back. And if you are, then you'll have the value, right? But... This thing was up to 10.5 without Mertz, and I could see it bouncing back past 10, okay? So, you take Wisconsin minus 7. If Mertz gets ruled to play in, and this goes to 10.5, you then take Nebraska plus plus 10.5. Anything that lands 7, and and look, if you can buy it from 7 to 6.5, this would be even better. That way, anything that lands 7, 8, 9, or 10, which are very obviously important numbers in college football, a close game like this where, where the line's saying it's going to be close, you have a big opportunity to win two bets. Yeah. Okay? So if you bet, let's say, uh, 1000 bucks, right, to win to win 1000 you're betting 1100 to win 1000 right, with the VIG. Yeah. So really, you're only risking $100 to win 2000 by middling this. Right. The worst you can do, because you're going to win one side or the other. If you have minus 7 for Wisconsin, plus 10.5 for Nebraska, you're guaranteed to hit at least one of those. Yep. So worst case scenario, you lose 100 bucks. Best case scenario, you win $2,000. This could be a great middling opportunity for a lot of people. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, next up, LSU at Auburn. Uh, LSU right now a three-point road favorite. Man, how far both these teams have fallen from the preseason rankings. People are down on these teams, and rightfully so. Auburn has looked really shaky on offense. The defense, it you know, is just a shadow of what they were last year. And frankly, you know, I said it before, they're lucky to have gotten wins against Arkansas and Ole Miss at this point. Uh, the perception of LSU, though, I think is maybe a little bit worse than the reality. After losing Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and all of that talent to the NFL on offense, I think the conventional response and expectation for this year was that the offense would be lacking and uh, the offense would be, or excuse me, the, uh, the defense would be the strong point. But really, it's been the opposite. This offense has barely missed a beat. They're scoring a ton of points. The defense has been the weak point for LSU so far. They finally, you know, they got a big win last week, and the defense showed out. It looked really good against South Carolina. You know, Miles Brennan couldn't play, so this new quarterback, TJ Finley, came in. He looked awesome. Uh, I, you know, we don't know yet. It sounds like Miles Brennan should be ready to go. It was like an abdomen injury, I believe. Um, but at this point, Coach O may just say we're going with Finley because he looked so good. Either way, I, I, I feel really good about LSU here. If LSU can score a couple of early touchdowns and get ahead and force Bo Nix into a spot where he has to then play from behind and throw the ball 30 or 40 times, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about Bo Nix. I'm just not a fan. I don't think he can do it. I think that's very advantageous for LSU, and we know that I mean, they've scored on everyone they've played. Why would they not suddenly not be able to score on, on Auburn? Um, the only thing that does worry me here is all the public money so far is coming on LSU. Um, I think everyone is really fading Auburn at this point. And, you know, rightfully so. Auburn's been really bad against the number straight up. Um, I just think LSU, you know, maybe last week we, Bo Pelini and the defensive staff found something out. They figured out a scheme or maybe some new personnel. You know, it was just South Carolina, but this Auburn offense hasn't been great either. So I think it provides an opportunity for the defense to have some confidence, play well again. If LSU jumps out early, I think they blow them out. And so that's why I'm willing to risk three points on the road here. 
Yeah, I like LSU too. We talked earlier in the show that Auburn is very uh, overrated given their record. They've had a couple. They could have. They should maybe have no wins this season, or at least just the one. one. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. I think that public perception is going to be, oh, look at Auburn's record. A lot of people are going to only look at that when they make the bet. And LSU is going in a different direction now. If they uh, if they do decide to go with the new quarterback, you know, I think that will help LSU. And I believe Ed Orgeron will do that because he's a coach that strikes me as a very riding the wave type of coach, emotional head coach. And he's going to, I think he's going to make that move. So I like LSU minus three here. And like you said, if they get up early, it could get ugly. So let's go with uh, uh, LSU Tigers. Speaking of Coach O, <laughs> uh, there was, uh, if you didn't see, maybe just do some Googling. We won't spend too much time on it. It's his private matters. But uh, Coach O, literally you know, single, you know, he's a newly single. I believe he and his wife split last year sometime. And uh, some photos surfaced online of Coach O uh, in bed with a pretty lady. Uh, nothing, you know, lewd. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he, there's no, they're not uh, naked or anything, or at least it looks like he has his shirt off, but whatever. She was taking a selfie of them together. Very pretty young lady uh, with Coach O. Emphasis and on young. I love, uh, I love Coach O, but man, that's got to be a wild ride being <laughs> in bed with that guy, huh? Give me that Coach O, O, O face. Yeah, baby, that's real good. Oh, I like it right now. Do you think that could be a distraction at all? I think maybe it's energizing. You know, now all of a sudden he's got some hot young girl he's dating. He's feeling confident. He's feeling great. Could be a distraction, but I don't know that Coach O is really the type to be checking Twitter for this photo. I mean, I guess it could be. If she leaked it because she's mad at him, maybe then that's some issues. But That's you know, hysterical. I'm still going LSU. Way. Good for Coach O. Yeah. Uh, good last year for Coach O. Um, lastly, Mississippi State at Alabama. Look, this isn't a, a game where I'm gonna you know dive deep into the numbers because really I want to see where Tyler if he's willing to make a bet here. This line is huge. Bama is a right now 32 and a half point favorite over Mississippi State. I believe. I don't think the line has moved. Um, this game I was basically choosing between this and Michigan. Who would you rather? Would you rather lay 25 with Michigan or 32 and a half with Alabama here? Gun to your head. What's a good way if you had to, Tyler? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. Look, Mississippi State's they're struggling. Alabama. What did I tell you my one everybody. rule was last week? <laughs> I don't, I don't bet against Nick Saban. That's true. Okay. Well, so should we put it? Uh, should we actually give out the pick then? Bama here minus thirty two. Are and you going to take state? No. Oh <laughs> no! We had a bet board game. Yes, we should give it out because look. Alabama does everything well on defense that all these other defenses have stopped Mississippi State doing. Also, yeah. if you look at what's happened so far, I think the blueprint's out. You run that soft zone, you force whoever's playing quarterback from Mississippi State yep. and those receivers to find their areas in it. And if there's one athletic defense who can stop that, it's got to be Alabama. I know that's a lot of points, and that's scary to give up that many points, but Alabama needing margin, everything lines up on defense, and I think this offense doesn't miss a beat against a pretty good Mississippi State defense yeah. right but it doesn't it's matter still just Bama. I think Alabama has a chance to cover this and I'm not uh I'm not doing it Word. all right well, hey, wait wait before we do go oh yeah out. Tyler's got to add one Sorry. I've got one game to add and I want to see if you can go against me on this okay game. all right oh, we got to get one we yeah. got to get one this okay. week Okay. all right I'll think hard one of my better bets Boise State minus 14 against Air Force even when Air Force has been at their best the last couple of years that Boise State's always found a way to stop that option attack. I go back to 2018, where Air Force, I think, went 11-2. and two. Um, And Air Force couldn't move the ball on Boise, couldn't really do much at all. I'm taking Boise minus 14 on the blue turf. I think they uh, shut Air Force down and cover the 14 points. 
let's make it a bet board. Here's why. Game. Here's why. I'm just looking at it now. Haven't done a breakdown of this at all. This line opened nine and a half, was bet all the way to 14. That's an insane 100% of the money right now on Boise State. I'm strictly making a fade of the public and Tyler here. Bet board game. Boise. Let's go, z- let's let's go. go Zoomies, baby. Let's <laughs> go Zoomies. All right. What? <laughs> Would you like to bet on I love it. I love we got another bet board. Yes, we do. Uh, all right. Well, that's the show for this week, you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Set your notifications on Spotify and iTunes. However, uh, give us good reviews. Uh, and follow us on Twitter, at CFB Weekly. On Twitter, you can follow me, at Will Chambers CFB. Tyler, your Twitter? At Tyler Walgie. And uh, Smitty, your Twitter? I'm at Woo's Producer. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>